Welcome back to another amazing episode of the Everyday Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony J. And here we search out for individuals who have had growth in one way, shape, or form during their lifetime. Community, welcome back. It's so good to be back on you on this amazing Friday. And if you are new here, welcome. You are now part of the fastest growing community, worldwide growing community for all things fitness, nutrition, and mindset related. Uh, guys, like I said, it is launch day and I have a great episode out here for you. I talked to my good friend, Joey Fredrickson, who is the owner of Kinetic Strength and Conditioning and who is an amazing strength and conditioning coach who has a really great story of where he came from through playing uh, D1 on his way to playing D1 baseball and the things that happened and his adversities that he's had to overcome throughout the way. And one of those is a major Tommy John surgery, uh, which is in the elbow and this one year recovery time that came after that and kind of ended the baseball career. And the one major thing he took away from this is everything he's ever known to get stronger in the gym. He learned pretty much almost at the end of his baseball career. And that is strength is king and strength rules all and strength should be your foundation of success in any sport including baseball which he goes into he only likes to train strength conditioning specifically for baseball players because he wants to teach them the things that he was never taught or he never knew going through what he went through to be tried to become a d1 baseball player and he wants to help all those younger kids out and that don't know, that don't know what's going on and don't know what they should be doing in the gym. He is there to lend a helping hand, and it is the most amazing thing, and I'm so glad he came on. Dude's super, super smart. For his, for his young age of only 24 years old, he's done so much that I believe has really created um, the human that he is today, and what a strong dude he is. So glad that him and I got to finally sit down and shoot the shit a little bit on, on the Everyday Growth Podcast. So guys, grab your pen, grab your paper, get ready for Joey Fredrickson and everything he has to do and say and drop on this podcast about strength and conditioning. And we go well past the athlete into gen pop also. And a lot of these things can apply to you as well. And I do believe that strength should be part of your foundation into the into your lifestyle success. I mean, let's face it. If you can't climb upstairs without being sore, without being out of breath, or you can't bring in your groceries in one trip because you have five to 10 bags, or you just can't bend over to pick anything off the ground anymore because you're either out of shape, don't have the strength, don't have the mobility, or the doctor says you should never be picking something off the ground again. This is the podcast you need to be listening to because we go into great deal of why strength is so damn important. And like always, guys, I want to shine the spotlight really quick on Ambition Threads Company. It is the sponsor of the Everyday Growth Podcast. Now, Ambition Threads is ran by an amazing dude named Tyler Gentry, and it is out of Murfreesboro, Tennessee. It is the best cutting-edge clothes for inside and outside the gym. You can rock them in the gym, or you can wear them in the streets like I do all the time. I am am a both guy. I wear them in the gym and outside the gym. My whole closet is filled with these clothes, and I can't get enough of them. They are always coming out with new and improved wear basically every other week. (laughs) Definitely every month, but definitely every other week, they drop something new, and it's always, always fire. And I get a little inside look about 
what's coming up next and what's coming up next month because Tyler always sends me these little snippets like, hey, what color? Hey, what design? All these things. So I get to see all where his head's at and how he just masterminds this whole project from Ambition Threads. Not to mention what they stand for is just an amazing, amazing thing. And I believe that ambition is something that we should all have in our lives. So guys, go check them out at ambitionthreads.com. Look through all their stuff. As of right now, for the rest of this month of June, they are doing buy two, get one free. Now, if that doesn't blow your mind, <laughs> so you can pick two hoodies and a hat, and you're going to get the cheaper of the three for free. So obviously, the hat in that scenario would be for free. So if you buy two shirts and a hoodie, one of those shirts is going to be for free. So if you want to fill up your summer attire, your closet really quick, jump on Ambition Threads right now. And if you're just looking to get one or two things, I got something for you as well. Use code every day at checkout. That's all in caps at your checkout every day and receive 20% off. Now you can't do both of those codes, so pick one or pick the other, but you can sure get one piece of apparel, new or old, and get 20% off that. Or like I said, buy two, get one free is there for the next couple of weeks. Take advantage of the sale as you can. So you guys, Ambition Threads, rock that shit. It is so fly and you know what? Every single day, I'm wearing a piece of their clothing. So you're going to see a lot of that on me on all my posts and all my vlogs. So you guys, without further ado, my guy, the strength and condition coach, Joey Fredrickson. Joey, welcome to the show, man. Thank you so much for giving me some of your time. Oh, man. Thanks for having me. Dude, nice and early, too. I know we were talking yesterday, and I'm like, dude, I know it's a little late, but can you like come on today? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I was at, I was at work, and... I get I get my lunches around like twelve thirty, and um, I, I as soon as you sent me that message, I kind of I turned my phone off to to get back to work, and then I came home from work, you know, just swiping through my social media, just try to check everything, see if I got anything. And I just saw your message. I was like, "Damn, <laughs> I I really hope that I didn't miss the." Missed the opportunity to come on the show, but never. I mean, never, man. I told I told you weeks ago. I said, "Let me line it up. Let me get it all set up, and you're coming on, dude." I, I love when people try to be like, "Dude, like, let's do it. Let's have a conversation," because it's like the best thing in the world. It's like if I had a mic on me every time you and I like hit each other in the gym, like that's a podcast right there. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's like one of those things. Like we got so much shit we need to talk about, man. Mm -hmm. So what's going? What, what are you up so um, this early? Why are you up this early besides the podcast? I heard you guys got to do a little bit of house shopping today. Yeah, uh, me and my fiance are trying to look for kind of apartments. We're kind of ready to get out of the house, yeah. find our own place to live. Um, we got stuff going for ourselves. She's a uh, she's a teacher over at Memorial Junior High out in Lansing. Um, she's got that going. You know, I'm trying to get my life going uh, with strength and conditioning business. Um, and we're kind of just at that step of, I mean, I just turned 24. She's about to turn 24. It's kind of like, we need to get out of the house. So <laughs> when it kind of starts wearing on you, that's when you kind of, <laughs> yeah. you, you've reached like that next step of like, all right, dude, we got to get a small place. Even if it's just yeah. a small place, like I've lived in nothing but little small apartments, man. It's just like to have that own little, your own four walls is a really big deal. Like it's a yeah. huge deal. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I like living on my own in college for five years. I mean, it's, it's good that I got to come home because I don't really have to, I have to depend on myself, but it's kind of like, Hey, like 
it's already there. Like I don't have to struggle out, go shopping for myself, making sure I actually have a meal. Um, even though I do have to make sure I have a meal every day in that aspect, but it's kind of just a burden that I don't have to, <laughs> I have to worry about now, but I mean, it's, I'm, I'm kind of ready though to get right. out. What are you doing for work right now? I don't even know. I don't even know what your nine to five is. Uh, right now I'm working at a, a landscape supply company, just cool. driving down driving around in a forklift, pulling pallets of brick, loading trucks. That's pretty much it. That's pretty much what I do from 7.45 to like five o'clock almost every day. Well, that's good, man. You get to be outside a little bit throughout the day and get that good farmer's hand going. <sighs> <laughs> the farmer's hand is brutal right now. it's like a i've been shirt. trying I, well that's the thing every day i wake up i was like i gotta make a cutoff i gotta make a cutoff i gotta right. make a cutoff and then i get to work and i'm like damn it i forgot to make a cutoff and then once you know that's it once noon, once noon hits i'm like all right i gotta roll up the sleeves because my elbows are looking dark oh my I need gosh to even this out that's awesome, especially being in a forklift too. You got a bunch of weird shadows and shit that are happening, you know. Like, hey man, like Wasn't I said, at least you're my, outside. Yeah, my right arm is worse than my left because that's the one that hangs out in the sun all the time. <laughs> you're just gonna be fifty percent tan on one side of your body, and it's gonna be all good. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, nothing's wrong with me, man. Nothing. It's my job. <laughs> so, man, I have a huge, huge question. I know, I know the community wants to know the answer to this as well, man. Like, what got you into the SNC and and what led you down the path of what you're doing today and where you want to go. And I know to build this business up that you have already laid the foundation for, and I know you just got done with the cert too, but you know, give us the cliff notes or the long story, whichever one you prefer, but just introduce yourself to, you know, the community, man. Yeah. So I'm probably going to give you the long story because cool. I, I can, I can talk and talk and talk and talk. <laughs> um, so it all started, um, sophomore at, after my sophomore year of high school, um, I started out in high school. I swam and I played baseball. Um, I swam before that since I was like 12. Wow. So it was kind of like something I already did. And my brother swam and at, at the high school too. And I kind of not expected of me, but it's like, hey, he's probably going to be on the swim team. So we lifted through – the years of swimming um, just because that was just part of our morning practices when we had them, when I had, when we had our freaking three day practices almost every single day of the week. Um, but then after that, during my sophomore year, I, it finally clicks like, I want to play baseball. This is all I, I just want to play baseball. I want to play baseball in college. I want to try to get to high, highest level of college. I want to play at, at like the highest university, like, number one university. I mean, big dreams, but I still set a goal that I wanted to achieve. And then pretty much told my, my uh, swim coach, I was like, Hey, like I'm not coming back next year because I want to get a scholarship to play division one baseball. And he's kind of like, he kind of like laughed. He's like, <laughs> like, all right, well, I'll see you next year. Like you're, you're not going to leave. So then I ended up, I actually ended up leaving. I was like, D I told you I'm not coming back. So at that point I was like, all right, well, I got to start taking this seriously. Seriously, I got to start training. And then I, at that time, I just like, hey, mom, I need a membership at Body Tech. So got a membership at Body Tech um, and literally just started doing whole body workouts every day. 
I mean, started with, I literally squat, bench, deadlift, did every single accessory, every single machine that I could think of. I mean, I was in the gym for four hours a day, just, just doing just bullshit training that I, at the time I was like, this is awesome. Like I'm working out my entire body every day. I'm going to be strong as shit. Right. I'm going to be the best baseball player ever. And then, and then I got into CrossFit, which was a blessing and a curse at the same time. Um, because at, I don't know, 15, 16 years old, doing the CrossFit stuff and kind of just not really focusing on what I'm doing just to do it, just to do it. I completely like wrecked my back pretty good. Like I tweaked my back like almost every other three weeks and then I couldn't train anymore. And then I don't know if you remember him, but Justin Hoyman. Yeah. Yeah. So me and him, we kind of like worked out together. We kind of trained together. And then he kind of like, Hey, I got this program. Why don't you hop on it? (laughs) So I was like, fuck it all right whatever like it's got to be better than what i'm doing because i just show up i hit the main lift i do the workout of the day and bam i'm out out yep um so i got with him he kind of gave me the structures like this is what we're doing every day i looked at it i was like fuck this sucks yeah like just looking on paper is like this is gonna be awful as i mean i i instantly fell in love with just the work I mean, we were working out for three hours straight, like nonstop. And then at the time, like I weighed like maybe 155 pounds. I, I'm not kidding. I put on 20 pounds, just straight muscle in like, I feel like a month and a half span. Jesus. So I got strong as shit for the size I was. And I kind of noticed it started to kind of, carry over into my baseball performance. I was like, and then baseball performance went up, um, playing travel ball in the summers, playing high school ball. I was still doing the CrossFit stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then summer after, no, summer before my senior year, I was playing with the travel league and, we went to a couple colleges to just for local tournaments and stuff. And the coaches that I played for, they, they were really good buddies with most of the colleges that we went to. So, you know, the coach would take some of us like on a mini campus tour, you know, kind of show us around because we all were looking to play college ball. And I remember we're at NIU and emailed the coaches um, before he even went there and just be like, Hey, this is me. This is who I am. This is what I could bring to the table for a team. I would love to talk to you. Maybe you can see me play. And he was like, yeah, we'll come out. We'll see you play, see how you do. And then kind of met up afterwards, gave a little campus tour. And then after that, I emailed him back. I was like, Hey, what'd you think? He's like, you know, you're not fit for division one baseball. Like, uh-huh you're not going to play division one baseball just for the player you are. It's not going to happen. So see ya. So at that, it was like, okay, well, dreams went from here. Poof. Straight complete steep dive. Um, And then went to a few showcases after that, 
And I, I think I went to sh- one showcase, got home at like, I don't know, five, six o'clock. I, I got 10 phone calls from all division three schools and maybe I was like super excited. I was like, these coaches want me, these coaches want me to play. And then, you know, I was trying to I was having conversations with my dad about it. He's like, well, you set yourself up that you wanted to play division one baseball and you're going to see it through. You're not going to settle mm-hmm. for, you know, division three, you know, coming in as a freshman, you're saying, Oh yeah, you're going to start right away. The division three schools take on like a 40 man roster in the fall and then cut more than half. Wow. So it's, it's pretty much like high school over again if you're playing division three, which I mean, there's nothing wrong with playing division three. Like I'm not saying, right. 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 It's not like you're going to, players are going to be fine playing in division three, but that's just not what, what I set myself up right. to do. So uh, senior year. So this was summer senior year of high school. Now um, one of my teammates was going to a junior college out in Illinois quad cities area, kind of right by Iowa. And I was like, Hey, I asked him first. I was like, Hey, do you mind if I come and play with you? Cause I got nowhere to go. And right now, junior college is like the only route that I can go to go play Division One. He's like, dude, I don't give a shit. Like, it, we're playing ball, man. Like, that's all we're gonna go do. We're gonna go to school. We're gonna play ball. It's gonna be great. So I called up the coach. Was like, hey, man, I'm looking for a spot. I sent him out a video. He's like, and then that day after our game, he's like, you want a full scholarship? What? Fuck. All right. I was like, oh, boom, shit. sign the papers. I'm going to – I was to Blackhawk Junior College um, out in Moline, Illinois. Uh, played there for two years. Um, I started right away, uh, which was – I was the third man in the starting rotation as a pitcher. Awesome. Um, first year went by, uh, nothing from colleges. Even My coach tried like hell to get me in communications. Uh, then second year rolls by. Um, second year was actually the year I stopped doing all the CrossFit shit and really focused on just true strength training. Um, and it kind of dabbles into the, the picture of strength training isn't it, it? It's people make strength training to be more complicated than it really is. Mm-hmm. So that's when I really dive dove into the basics of just squat bench, deadlift, accessories that I knew would help my baseball performance. Um, not really thinking, oh, I got to target this muscle. I got to target this muscle. This muscle does this action, yada, yada, yada. It was just like, no, I'm just trying to get my upper back strong, get my right. leg strong, strengthen my core. That's it. That's yeah, all I need to Be do. as strong as you can and as healthy as right. you can at the, at the right. same time. Yeah, because D, it doesn't matter, one, two, or three, D1, two, or three. You, you guys are big. Like, those are big boys to play baseball, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then my in the gym, um, my teammates started noticing, like, he kind of knows what the fuck he's doing. So then I kind of started taking in some of my teammates with me, and then – now I get into my first taste of coaching. I start seeing their performance in the gym as well as the ball field. I mean, just small little, Oh yeah. Like improvements. Like 
this shit is cool. Hell yeah. Like seeing progress and just my own teammates, like just through like little tips here and there that I give them kind of just taking them under my wing and like, Hey, let's go do this for squats. Let's go do this for bench. This is what we're going to do for accessories. And then they obviously got stronger. Their playing ability got better. Um, and then, uh, what was it? Fall of my second year of junior college, I got a call or my coach told me, hey, you're getting a call from UIC. Shit. And I was like, really? That fast already? He's like, yeah, they saw you freshman year and they really liked you and they wanted to keep up to date with you. And they saw you throw, throw in this game and they want you. I was like, fuck. So I was like, this is, this is happening now. Like, this is legit happening. And the cool thing about UIC is once I heard that UIC was calling, about, uh, calling me, I was like, I – like my parents went to UIC as gymnasts. Both of them were gymnasts there. Um, I have other family members that went to UIC. I was like, there's a legacy or something right. like a path. I was like, this, this is like almost destiny that I have to go. So I got in contact to the um, coaches there. He's like, Hey, we're going to have you on a recruit visit. Show me the facility. Once they open their doors to the indoor facility, I'm coming here. I don't <laughs> You can, I mean, their, their facilities are in, in the Chicago area is pro is the best facilities that you can go to. I mean, really? they have, I mean, they have in the winter, they have pro guys coming in to work out every single day there. I mean, and there's not wow. really an indoor facility that has a full scale infield for baseball. And I mean, anywhere you can go, they don't have to pay to go there. Right. Like it's, it's completely open to, I mean, and that's what the person who donated all the money, Curtis Granderson, he wanted the facilities to be completely open for the public. That was his thing. Wow. So that's, that's what that, I'm sorry. I'm going like back and forth between the three <laughs> different things. No worries. But, man. Um, so I got to UIC um, and that's when I met the strength coach there. Obviously, I met him on the visit. But then me thinking I know a lot about strength and conditioning going into it, and then me just talking to this guy for 15 minutes, I was like, I don't know shit. <laughs> I don't know anything whatsoever. So immediately I was like, I got to be friends with this dude. Hell yeah. Like not even just him being my coach. Like, no, like I need to develop like a personal relationship with this guy and the strength coach at UIC. Um, he started out as assistant. No, as a grad assistant at North Dakota state. Um, then moved his way to an assistant coach at Northwestern and then became the head coach at UIC. I see he's been head coaching there for over 10 years. Um, and he also coached um, with the Colorado Avalanche, the NHL hockey team. Um, he has experience in that. I mean, and he's a master strength coach labeled in the um, SSCCA. Wow, I mean, man. The knowledge oh, that he has is 
ridiculous. You're talking 20 plus, 25 plus years, dude. I mean, it's, it's almost stupid. The amount of information that he knows and the amount of information that he can physically apply into a sports setting is it's, it's beyond my own capacity of maybe like, I, how can someone know that much? Right. Um, so started building a relationship with him, you know, kind of picking his brain, starting to get a little bit of knowledge within the strength conditioning field. Then fall when I was at UIC. Um, so I committed to UIC, got a scholarship there. Fall is around October. Um, I noticed that my velocity was just took a huge steep dive. So I was like, well, this is kind of weird. Like I've never had this happen before. You know, my arm was, my arm was feeling like I always felt, my elbow felt like shit, like all the other times I've thrown. I was like, this is normal. Like my arm has always not felt great, but my performance is completely going down. So I told my coach, she's like, let's take, let's take a week or two off. Took a week or two off, came back, kind of eased back into it. And my, and then my performance was even worse than before. Shit. So he's like, you need to go get this checked out. So I went and got checked out, went and got an x-ray on my elbow because that's where I had most of my pain. They found a, like a bone chip in my forearm. So they're like, well, that's not supposed to be there. So let's get an MRI. We got the MRI. And then probably a week after MRI, he's like, yep, you, you completely tore your ulnar collateral ligament. And the way I tore it was that bone chip. That bone chip came from my ulna, which the ligament was attached to. And when it chipped off, it, it took the whole entire ligament with it. No shit. And I don't even know when that happened. That could, have happened that could have happened at my last game of my junior college because I threw, I threw nine innings, like 150 pitches. Because I refused to come out of the game because I wanted to win. <laughs> because I'm just – because – once I get into a competitive aspect, it's just blinders. Right. No, no one can tell me what to do. Um, kind of things like that. So my coach is trying to get me out. I was like, no, I'm not coming out of this game. So I think that's when it happened. That's when I blew it out. But then, so I had the surgery in November. Um, no, December, December 6th of two thousand. 16 i had uh tommy john surgery full elbow reconstruction um and then from the week after surgery i started rehab um took a redshirt year so they gave me that grants me another year of eligibility um so after my first year i got to stay another three i don't know i stayed for three years so first year redshirt second year active last year active um rehabs spent every single day in the in the weight room with the strength coach um and then during the rehabilitation phases when i really got into the west side stuff Mm. um i mean our coach was big on it um he didn't really know if he could apply it okay um in a team setting so i was like so i told him i was like I'll be your guinea pig. I don't care. I, 
what do I got to lose? I'm not playing this year. Okay. What if was I the, uh, I don't know if I missed it, what you said, but what was the ETA on your recovery time for that surgery? So ETA recovery um, is a full year. No. A full year to a harp. Yeah. Holy shit. To 100% recovery. Oh, you um, did. You did it right then. <laughs> you fucked it up. You fucked it up. <laughs> right. <hope> so. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, yeah. From December 6, 2016, December 6, 2017. After that date, you're, you obviously follow a, a throwing progression in that, in that regards. Um, so that's pretty much what the um, recovery time frame is based upon is all the throwing um, progressions. And then obviously with the rehabilitation phases and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it took a full year to a hundred percent physically a hundred percent recover. Wow. Holy shit. So, yeah. so Jesus. That's it a was a long fucking time. Were you in a sling or anything? Like was your arm against your stomach for a long time? So um, out of surgery, they put me in a splint at a 90 degree angle. Um, they pretty much wrapped my arm like a burrito, put me in a splint and it's like, see ya. In a week, we'll put you in a brace. So, I mean, it, and it was, um, it was, I don't know. Have you ever seen like the ACL? Like brace, yeah, like the brace, yeah. like a knee brace, I think it for ACLs. That's what they pretty much put on your on your arm. For okay, your elbow. right on. So it limit it limits like the the um, movement that you have uh, at a certain degrees. You know, zero to ninety or zero to seventy five. I think that you start out from um zero. Zero is one hundred and eighty. Um, zero to like forty five degrees, and then. Yeah, so you're so they put me in a splint for the week, and then after that, put the brace on, and I, so I was able to to move um, with limited motion, and then started with isometric um, exercises for rehabilitation right away. So I mean, our our athletic trainer is a huge huge believer in the more immobile you are, the more it more time it's going to take for you to recover and rehabilitate because of muscle atrophy right. that takes a place even, even within four days of completely no movement. Like there's going to be muscle atrophy. So we have to limit that as much as we can. So if we can get you moving as, as quickly as possible is where you're going to see the most benefit in that, in that regards and just movement wise. That's tough, man. That's, that's tough. That had a lot of pain going on, bro. It, it wasn't painful. Like as soon as I got the splint off, because I was ready, I was like, I'm going to cut this thing off myself because this thing sucks. It's terrible. I can't move. And as soon as he, it, it was like euphoric. Almost. Really? It was like, oh, like this feels like, even if I'm just moving it, just like two degrees of motion. It was like, this feels fucking amazing. Awesome. So, then, so yeah, so going back to the West Side stuff, told my coach, like, I'll be your guinea pig. Me And at the time, my teammate also blew out his elbow at the same time I did. Oof. So, me and him became real close <laughs> in, with our rehabilitation stuff. We became real great friends. I, mean, <laughs> I, yeah. still talk, I still try to talk to him every day now. That's good. Um, That's a serious thing to go through together, you know? Yeah. So... Once we kind of, we started with the West side stuff. 
Uh, just me and him, and then summer of 2017, end of the 2016 season, summer, team's coming back. Um, I kind of – I was already staying in the city. I mean, I was already trying to train every single day, getting ready for my comeback for the 2017 season. Uh, my big aspirations for myself. Um, but kind of took the team, I was like, hey – if we're going to win a championship, if we're going to repeat our championship year, then we got to start now. So got the team in there. And then that's when we started implementing the West side stuff in a team aspect. Um, and then kind of just took off from there. I mean, awesome. Then it's, it's hard to, it's hard to explain how much I've learned just from being in a weight room and seeing how the how the benefits of a strength room really impacts an athlete um, that a lot of people don't really comprehend or can understand. Um, you know, some people some people would think you know like oh athletes need to be doing high intensity interval training. It's like no, like a lot of like all Olympic athletes. Olympic athletes go through a strength training phase. There's not, of course, they're going to do their sports specific practices, but they're all going to go through a strength training phase. They all need to build a base, build strength within their movements so then they can perform in their sport. It's, you can't just go out and play your sport. You can go out and play your sport for a long period of time, but at a certain point, there's going to be no positive benefits from you just playing sports. Right. I mean, yeah, you're going to have those genetic freaks that don't need to go yeah. into a weight room and they have massive legs that can jump a 37 inch vertical. <clears throat> but those are those athletes that go on to play professional football. Right. And very small percent, <laughs> very small <laughs> percent of those people that you see in the weight rooms, you know, that are just like, he doesn't even do anything. And he looks like that. It's like, yeah, that's a, that's, I can't even tell you what percent that is that goes in. And then, you know what? You're right. Those are the guys that play guys and girls who play pro sports. Those are the yeah. ones that go on. So just for anyone that's listening in the community, like it takes a whole lot to be a professional ball player, a professional athlete at all. Like yeah, a very mean, small I, percentage, man. Yeah. And during my time at UIC, my last year, um, my coach kind of sat me down in the office and was like, so what are your plans for next year? And I kind of looked and I was like, well, I want to go within collegiate strength and conditioning, but I want to try to be, play baseball as long as I can. And, he, and I asked him, I was like, I asked him, it's like, can you be brutally honest with me? Do you think I can play professional baseball with where I'm at right now? And he goes, no. And at that point I was like, all right, motherfucker. Fuck you. <laughs> right, right, like, right. I'm going to go prove you wrong. I'm going to go play professional baseball. I'm going to rub it in your face. And then I got into that mindset and I was like, and I kept thinking about stats. I kept thinking about my performance. I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to do this. And then as soon as I, it was maybe for two games that I played in and I was focusing on that. I mean, my game performance went, took a, a little bit of a dip and I kind of stepped back and I was like, yeah. I got to focus on the now. 
I have to focus on this is my last year of playing baseball, maybe. I got to make do with what I can do and be positive about it and not thinking what's going to come next. No, I need to think what's going to happen tomorrow. What do I need to do tonight? What do I need to do in order for tomorrow to be beneficial Mm. and not go into tomorrow and have to take a step back. And that's where, um, that's where when, because I like to, I like to preach routines because especially within baseball, every player has a routine. Um, I mean, my routine started from when I woke up in the morning, wake up in the morning. Um, immediately I would take my scoop of creatine cause I love my supplements. Um, scoop of creatine, walk that, wash that down, eat, go out the door, go to class, come back from class. Um, go to rehab. I mean, I, I still rehab throughout the two years. I, I went in the training room every single day, even if it was to stretch it, or even just to go in there, just to go in there. Right. So go into the training room, go back home, eat lunch, go back to class, um, go lift, go to practice, go to practice, uh, go through my whole entire throwing routine, which takes hours on end just to do. Go through that, go through practice, come home, eat, go through recovery stuff, go through a mobile TENS unit, stretch, go to bed. Literally every single day, I, you, could, you could even, on the watch, you could even time it when I did those exact things every single day. And then obviously it changed from when I was in a game aspect. Um, but I even find myself, I still do, I still have my routine now. Right. Um, and especially within my strength training, walking to the gym, set the bag down, put the phone away, go stretch, go roll out, feel how the body feels. What's going to, what's the plan for today? Because with, with the style of training, <clears throat> style of training I do, there is no plan. You walk in, you figure out what you're going to do that day. You figure out your main movement, what you're going to do that day. And you base off all your other stuff of what your main movement is. So if you're coming in for a max effort day, max effort lower, let's just say, let's take an example um, from the other week that I did a box squat. So a box squat into some, some bands and the weaknesses that were shown, I got weak hips and a weak back. Okay. Take that information, base all the accessories off of that. Got to do your lower back and abs every day. Do that. Get out. That's it. Right. Don't overdo it. Don't overkill yourself. Do what you got to do. Get out of there. Well, that's the thing is going back to the why people make strength training to be this whole complicated thing when it's really not, you go in, you hit your main movements, you hit the, the, the movements that strengthen the joints that you need in a sports, in a sports setting. Um, 
hit those main movements, and then just leave. There, there, there doesn't have to be, oh, I got to go train the creatine phosphate system and then go hit the glycolytic system, and then now I have to go back to anaerobic stuff and now aerobic stuff. It's like, no. It's You have to keep it simple. If you don't keep it simple, you're not going to see any, any benefits out of it. Right. I mean, I – from a sports, from a baseball perspective, baseball athletes, and I think all athletes in general, they need strong hips, strong glutes, a strong, a strong as shit posterior chain, right, right, a strong upper back, and a strong core for rotational reasons, not for getting a six pack. No, right, right. All sports, you you can. I'm not going to say all sports because I feel like someone's going to be like, oh, like you're wrong. This sport doesn't have rotational aspects in their, in their movements. But most sports have some type of rotational movement. And that's what we need to train in order for the athletes to become better at their sport. Yeah, and I, I, do, I do like everyone needs rotational strength. Everyone needs, you know, quote, unquote, if you guys can't see this on YouTube right now, you know, trunk. You need a fucking strong trunk. Everyone knows that. So I'll back you up and say it is every sport. Because you can really, really, really hurt your lower back, your middle back. You can really hurt anything in the front or posterior, you know, or on the frontal plane. Like you have to be very smart with the way you train. And like you said, I loved you. You've said it. You said it a bunch of times already. Like sports specific. I hate that fucking term. I hate it. I wish there was a different term. A lot of people are like, no, 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 no. That's not sports specific. We have to put you on a one leg on a fucking basu ball and I have to throw baseball. I have to throw tennis balls at you while you sing the national anthem. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. like, yeah. like seriously, man, like it's so overcomplicated and what you're forgetting is strength and strength. Yeah. This, the carry, the carrier. And this is for anybody. This isn't this whole co- uh, conversation so far is based on your background with baseball. And now we're getting into sports, but even for Jen pop, like listen to what Joey is saying, listen to what we're preaching here. It's like, listen, you have to be strong to begin with. And when, right. once you are strong, everything else is stronger in your life as well. Like you have to understand if you're just chasing that six pack, you, you, trust me, you'll never get there. If that's all you want to do. You'll never fucking get there. If that's the one thing you want to do, because you're trying to put an end in sight and that has nothing to do with life. A six pack has nothing to do with life. Now, if you put your core to it and you can pick up some weight and bend over and pick up your fucking groceries, like, come on now, guys, this is real simple shit. Why are coaches overcomplicating it? And I think you show that now with your training, Nick, all the time. And you said like an upper and a lower day too. You said dynamic day this. Like what can you tell the community really quick? You're the only – you're the second SNC coach that I've had on. Um, tell us a little bit about the conjugate system and why you break it up that way. So you do two days um, like speed work, then you do two days max effort, right? So you go like Monday, Tuesday, mm-hmm. Wednesday, Thursday. It kind of breaks up like that. Or how do you do it? If you can explain so, that to the community really quick. So – the, within the conjugate system, um, you have it breaks it breaks off into four main days. So two of the days being a max effort movement, which is a max effort lower and a max effort upper. So which means that you're taking a main movement to a one rep max, um, a true one rep, one rep max. It's not anything any, anything. I I said this in in one of my posts, but this is, it's, we'll get into it in a little bit, but um, 
a true one rep max. So anything below one is submaximal. Okay. Now with an athletic standpoint, going to athletics, anything above three is submaximal. Just in the regards of safety for the athletes um, and putting into a team perspective when you have 30 some odd guys in a weight room, you can't have all of them one rep maxing all the time. Right. So, all right. So then you have a max effort movement for a lower and an upper, and then you go into your dynamic effort for a lower and an upper, which is your speed stuff. It's all submaximal weight. Um, the quote unquote percentages that you're supposed to be using for straight bar weight is anywhere from 50 to 60% with a 25%, 25 to 35% of accommodating resistance via bands or chains. Um, and all of that stuff is backed up with accessory work, high rep accessory work that targets, it's all single joint action stuff, um, that targets all the main, um, muscle movers within that, um, main movement. So with the squat, it's all hips, glutes, lower back, um, with the bench, um, triceps, rear delts, upper back, lats, stuff like that. And it's basically you do your main movement and then you go bodybuild. A lot of people think that the West side stuff, oh, it's so complicated. You know, Louie has all like these different methods and yada, yada, yada. But going through the instructor's course with the conjugate tactile stuff, it's really not that complicated. I mean, you have when they when they are teaching the stuff, you're, they say to have anywhere from eight to twelve training sessions a week. Now, at first, you're like, "Fuck, yeah, right." Twelve right. sessions a week—that's what I just How thought. How am I going to do that? Right. It's like I got to be in the gym twelve different times in seven days. I mean, if you do that, two times a day, but but then they he talked about you know, a training session doesn't have to be you going into lift weights or getting a pump in. It could be just you stretching and rolling out. Mm. You're doing something physically active. Um, and then, so that falls into that category within. So I train Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. So Monday I have my max effort lower. Wednesday I have my max effort upper. Friday, dynamic lower. And then Saturday dynamic upper. And then in between those days, you're doing your GPP or general physical preparedness stuff, which is basically revisiting what your weaknesses are and just working on more. Hmm. Whether it's stretching um, or just super light work. Like, so one of the, a lot of the stuff that I do for my general physical stuff. Um, so my hips are shit right now because okay. I'm sitting and I'm sitting all day. Right. Right. And I'm getting up and down sitting. I, I mean, I, there's times where I'm sitting for two hours straight. Oh shit. I mean, I, I and I noticed when I'm sitting, it was like, my hips feel like trash. Right. So on those days, I like to just take a mini band, put it around my knees and just do a hundred hip abductions. There's a, there's a mini workout right there. That, that is what counts as one of my training sessions. 
which is horrible, rep- which is horrible by the way if you have a good <laughs> if you have a good enough band out there community just right. go ahead and go ahead and warm that up before you go squat cuz that's like my routine now too is i do all i do my knees and i do my ankles and i do my feet all of dude you're on fire bro on 100 oh, just yeah. like off dude you're on fire you're 100% on fire yeah so then um I mean, that, that's really basically it. I mean, I think the verbiage is very, like, I always had a hard time with the conjugate verbiage, trying to understand the methods without like how you just explained it. Like, all right, upper, lower, upper, lower, whatever. And then do all your, it's like, Oh, I get it now. You know, it's like, when you you listen to Louie do it, he's got so many numbers in his head when he talks about it. It's like, I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) Like, is there a book book on this? well, Well, that's the thing is, um, there are people who under it. There are people who understand Louis, but those are the people who spend every single day with Louis. Right. Louis's verbiage is Louis's verbiage. I mean, I, I've watched tapes. I've I have almost all of his books, and when I'm reading it, it's 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 very. I'm, I want. I don't want to say very complicated, but it throws you off track. Okay. Because he talks about one thing in this in this section, revisits in this section, but has different verbiage for it. Huh. So I think that's where a lot of people get confused is the verbiage that he uses. But he's like a mad scientist. Oh, yeah. And he's got a whole bunch of shit going on in his head that no one understands. But when you start actually doing the training and I mean, I've been doing it for two and a half years or so. And at first I was like, this, it's, this stuff is complicated. I don't understand it. When do I do this? When do I do this? When do I do this? When do I put in sled work? When do I put in like, what kind of accessories do I need? How do I back this up with this? It's like, and then, going through the the instructor's course it's holy shit like this is this is so simple that i laugh at myself for thinking that this is some high complex training that only a select few understand i mean you go in you hit your main movements accessories body build stuff you're out do your lower back and abs every day see ya right that's all it needs to be. Yeah. For, for community who, who, who we're talking about right now is Louis Simmons, basically the dog father of powerlifting or uh, obviously the most famous and that everybody knows in the U S um, and probably overseas too now, but uh, yeah. he has, you know, he has a crazy gym down there. You heard on another podcast, we talked about it as well. Um, and he came up with the conjugate method and Joey went to go get the conjugate tactical uh, certification and we're breaking down what's called the conjugate method. And it's the quickest way, if you do it the safest way, um, to build strength for any person, even gen pop, I believe for anybody. Um, yeah. And it doesn't have to be this crazy fucking, I'm going in and screaming and pulling things the wrong way. It's not what it's all about, but it's about you getting in there, lifting to your potential strength, and then afterwards, taking time to get stronger on the things that are weak. Now I think right. that I think that's basically everyone's headspace should be that when they go into the gym in one way, shape, or form. I mean, if you're going in there just to build awesome 
awesome looking arms and ne- neglect the best, then it's like there's something in there that, that something's wrong with your mindset to begin with, because that's not going to transfer over in anything that you do in your life. And I think that's a big, big problem right now with trainers and gyms is that they're training for beach muscles or training just for that yeah. real, real quick smile from their client. And they're forgetting about the other side, the entire rest of the book. And I think what this method does is it, it forces you into understanding what real strength, it, what it actually is. The definition of strength training is, is what this method is. Mm-hmm. It, the main premise of the method is exposing weaknesses. Hmm. If, you find, if you work a weakness, that weakness now be, is stronger. You go through a movement, hit, boom, another weakness. Well, I got to train that now. That's a weakness. It's a never-ending cycle. I get, it really is. I mean, the, and with the conjugate stuff, it can, be a, it can be modified and applied, I don't want to say to everybody, but almost everybody. Mm. Um, you can scale the movements to, let's just say a box squat. If you got someone who whose hips are completely trash, they're not going to be squatting to a 12-inch box. Right, right. Squat them to like an 18. You don't have to go to a true one rep max. Let's right. as much as I don't like the RPE system, let's go on the RPE system then. How does this feel? On a right. scale of one to ten, how does this weight feel? That's at a nine? All right, we're done. Yeah, right. Let's take a look, see what flaws we see within just a squatting movement in a box squat. Okay, your knees are coming in. You know, your hips are shooting up before your upper back does. Hips and back. And you obviously got to strengthen your core. It's that, see, and that's when I have a really hard time with personal trainers. Because personal trainers, they're, yeah, they care about, you know, your physical being and yada, yada. But what they're really after is the stuff in your wallet. <laughs> and, and when I was at Body Tech and with the, just with the education I have at UIC through the kinesiology program and the years or the, the hours I spent as an intern at, in the strength room there with the coaches and just seeing the personal trainers at some of the gyms that I've been to, it's, you're almost at a disadvantage of what you're doing with the client that you have. You're not going to have a 50 year old woman doing box jumps and high impact stuff when Their osteoporosis chances are through the roof. Their calcium buildup is on a decline because with women, because if they when they go through menopause, they also they all their hormone levels are, are gone. They don't have any I don't say they don't have, but they have less of a chance to recover because they don't have the hormones, they don't have what they need in their body in order to regenerate what they've broken down. And that's why a lot of, that's why 
in the studies that we looked at at, in in school looked at osteoporosis patients who are women who are 50 years old and plus that's where you're going to have the most risks in that category so why would a personal trainer be doing high impact stuff that's going to be detrimental to their daily living it's it goes back to the, you, it goes that, back to the false positives man like right. it goes back to you're totally selling a false positive it's good it feels good and if you leave either on the floor or a sweaty mess from any gym with any personal trainer you think that that was a good session cuz you don't know and i think that's the big thing too is like shame on trainers who do that like shame on you like we can call them out it's fine like shame on you if you think leaving your client or your group of people on the floor is healthy when they get to their car, they're so sweaty mess. And they're like, man, that was a great workout. But was it really, was it really, do you understand what you did? Are you, are you unbelievably undeniably sore the next day where sitting on the toilet is a problem? Like, let's be real with what we're doing with our training here. Like, are you, are you really looking at, are you as a trainer? And I take, you know, it's like, I love hearing that too, because I am a personal trainer. Everyone knows I'm a personal trainer in this community, but I tend to stay away from that type of training. I don't do that type of training, you know? So to understand and to put what you said out into the public, it's like, we need to take a step back as personal trainers and really like, are you really focusing on strength? Can that person, can that person walk from their car with their five to 10 bags of groceries to their house without making multiple trips or dropping anything? Like, I think that to me and someone that's 50 plus, if not 60 plus is way more important than if you can flail around for an hour straight and end up on the ground afterwards. I yeah, think th- I, there's, there's no benefit to it. <laughs> you you, there's you get the sensation like, oh, I had a great workout. Yeah, so you but four then falls. you're sitting on the couch and like, oh my God, my back is killing me. You know, my hips, I, I, my hips are so tight, I can't move. And, you know, you have trouble like taking groceries in or something like that. It's, well then what you're doing in the gym really has no beneficial other than some cardiovascular type stuff. Right. Um, and then the, the same thing goes for uh, training athletes. You know, I, out of college, you know, I was trying to get a, a grad assistant job and uh, it just wasn't working out and I ended up taking a job at a speed. And, uh, I'm not going to say strength, but a speed facility out in Willowbrook. Um, and I'm not going to say the name just, just for reasons. Right. But their type of training worked because they took kids high school and younger. Now, the most benefit when you just start out in training is all going to be from neurological stimulus. Right, that adaptation, man. Study, studies show, and I, I, I don't, I'm not going to ramble off studies because I don't know exact names of studies, but I've looked at hundreds of studies throughout school, and all of the first initial training benefits are from neurological stimulus. And once that hits, and once the, the body adapts to the training stimuli, and what you are continuously doing to the musculature system as well as central nervous system, you're going to have a detraining effect. You're going to start to go backwards. 
You're going to have no benefits whatsoever because we're doing the same goddamn thing every single day. Right. And the training doesn't change. And they think, oh, well, we're going to put our kids through uh, high-speed treadmill training with plyometrics, and that's what's going to make them great athletes. Okay. And then while they're doing it, they're putting in strength exercises. But while they're doing strength exercises on a goblet squat, their knees – their feet are shoulder width apart, but their knees are freaking touching when they're squatting and coming up. Complete valgus strain on the knees. What's going to happen doing a plyometric exercises? Boom, ACL. Because their hips aren't strong. And that's the biggest problem I have within sports training nowadays is that everybody wants to do the flashy shit. Yeah. Everybody wants to balance on a BOSU ball while catching tennis balls, singing the national anthem type shit when less focus on the simple stuff. Right. What's going to carry over to the sports the most? Strong hips, strong glutes, strong back, strong trunk, and a strong upper back. That's all you need to focus on. You can then after that, then you can go into your sports specific training. Go do your sprints. Go do your agility ladders because everybody loves agility ladders when agility ladders don't make you faster. Burn the agility ladders is what I say. <laughs> what a lot Burn of people say. Burn them. <laughs> Throw them in the fire. Get rid of them. Hell I yeah. want to see them. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. No but... more agility ladders. We don't sell them here. <laughs> I won't be linking agility ladders out in the dot com podcast. <laughs> um, but that, like, that's another thing. Like, yeah, your footwork's going to be faster, but what propels you to go forward? Right. Not a, not what you're doing in agility ladder, strength. The stronger your legs are, the more power you're going to be able to drive into the ground and the more propulsion you're going to have. It's so silly to me that like, and this is a perfect conversation for like the off season. Like we're, we're witnessing that right now with, with quarantine, you know, like sports, yeah. sports may not come back. They just started training uh, teams now in our area a couple weeks ago. What are they doing, though? It's not really that effective because they have to be six feet apart. They really can't touch each other. They can't, you know, they can't get in that group that they need to get into. So they're basically doing calisthenics. Well, I talk to a lot of athletes that play a lot of different sports in this area, and they all have one common thing and, in, in, you know, one common thing that they keep saying over and over and over again is, and this is, males and females in every sport in the area is wow you can really tell the people that sat around in the off season and the ones who didn't and i was like no shit like it's all in your performance dude that's the time when you need to put strength on and if it leads to a little bit of weight gain that's fine because you know it's going to come off when you start preseason in the season like you know that and when you're in season Obviously, you're not going for a fucking back squat one rep maxes in season. Like that work is done outside. And if you sat around in the off season, you're a fucking idiot, number one. And number two, you don't give a fuck about the sport and your performance. Because if you did, you would take that however long months that is and follow a program, build five pounds a fucking week or every two weeks and really fucking hammer it home. And then let the fat fall off with your calisthenics and the training going into season. And guess what? The more you put on your body, the stronger, faster you're going to be off the ball, to the ball, whatever sport it is, 
your, your coordination is going to be faster because you took the time to build the muscle correctly. And like we said earlier, it's a never ending cycle of growth. It really is. There's no ceiling to how strong you can get. Cause once you think you get too strong or you quote unquote with my fingers in the air, like plateau, then it's time to change some things up. Or that means you're being lazy and doing the same thing eight days a week in the gym. I think that's right. a big part of it, you know? Right. All right. So I had a FaceTime call. Is my video still working on your screen? Uh, it's, it's a, frozen on mine. Yeah, it's frozen, but I still got your audio. So don't sweat it, man. It might, it might pop back on. Okay. We're my still computer. recording. So it, we're right, still recording. It's a little old, but anyways, um, but there's a lot of times within at UIC that you can see when we came back for the fall, mm-hmm. who did their work over the summer? Right. Um, you know, mainly in the pitching staff because uh, and sometimes within the position players. Um, but you can see who did their work in the offseason. What your, what your offseason work shows in your performance. How guys showing up slow, guys showing up right. sluggish, you know, they're not able to – they're just physical ability within a baseball aspect. You can see right off the bat. Right. Um, and now I, I don't know how that is for other sports. Cause I, I mean, all of my experience has been in baseball, but it's an easy indicator of who did their work in the off season. The off season is where you make the most gains within your physical athletic ability. Yeah. You're going to have your gains within your sports specific practice, but, your physical strength is what aids in your sports specific movements. Hmm. If you can't, if you don't have a strength foundation, how are you going to be able to throw 90 miles an hour? (laughs) You can't just wake up. Oh, I'm going to throw for a couple days, do some long toss routines, some weighted ball shit. Like, Oh, yep. I'm throwing 90 now. Yeah. Right. No, it doesn't work that way. It really doesn't. I mean, and you can't really compare it to, to the MLB because those are elite athletes. Those are genetic freaks where you have guys who are, just, who, who are physically gifted at birth. Right. Yeah, they work their ass off, but still, oh, they yeah. still oh, yeah. have that physical benefit. Those guys aren't, those guys aren't done working until their season, their MLB season's over. Like they've worked all those years day in and day out to get where they're at. And not to mention, I always love when the conversation comes back to like, well, that's what, that's not what they're doing in the pros. It's like, homie, you can't do. You're not a professional baseball player. You don't understand. These guys come off of the field and immediately start getting worked on by a coach, a specialist, they go get showered, uh, shit showered and shave. Hop. They have a nutritionist waiting for them. Like you don't understand the recovery and the money that goes into that. Like, trust me, if you did that every day, yeah, you might be a super strong person, but you still have to have, you know, that right. one, that 1% with you that carries you through. Cause those, everyone that is a professional player in any sport, Olympic athlete, whatever, those are very, very, very special athletes, very, very special athletes. And they've dedicated their entire life to sport. And I think that's the one thing that people forget, you know, like you can't look at the top of the mountain and say you're climbing it tomorrow when you don't know how to tie a fucking knot in the rope to begin with. 
And I, right. and I think that's a huge problem today, man. Everyone, like I just talked about on my other podcast with uh, my guy, Dean Jackson Jr. for like the big mindset thing. It's like, bro, how, how are you stand at the base of a mountain and look up and you're like, I'm going to climb that tomorrow. And you never even fucking took a one class on how to climb. Like we got to fucking shoot, shoot for what's real and tackle that because along that way, you're going to find out, oh shit, I need my, like you said, 10 times my hips to be stronger in order to make my squat better because of the video that I took last week. And guess what? When you get your hips stronger, your squat gets stronger. And guess what? I guarantee there's another weakness that you haven't seen yet, or Mm -hmm. you get stronger. Oh shit. I got to keep my hips stronger. So I do get my, my squat up. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just a never ending. Yeah. It's, it's a never ending thing, bro. It's just never ending. It's going back to like the, what people see the pros do. Every parent thinks their little Johnny's going to be a professional baseball player. When Johnny came and run less than seven seconds to first base. Right. It, every kid's a professional baseball player until they, they, they get the real shit thrown in their face. <laughs> Right. It all changes, man. Like it's a big step from regular ball to high school. And it's a gigantic leap from freshman to senior. Oh, yeah. and it's a fucking swim across the ocean to get to D one, two or three. And then from there, it's just like, you better be flipping some coins and praying to whatever baseball or football or sports guys you have, because to get that to the pros, it's a very small percentage, my guy. Very small. I mean, I've had, I've had the, the great experience of working with some professional athletes, not only in the strength room, but in the baseball field setting. I mean, the, the type of play from high school to junior college is completely different. Mm. And the level of play from junior college to division one is extremely different. You know, I walked in the, to division one ball, like thinking, I'm, you know, I'm a good player. Like what do these guys have on me that I don't have? And then I get there and I get on the pitching staff. I was like, fuck, oh, I got some serious work to do if I want to play. So, I mean, and then with the professional guys, it's, it's almost like you're sitting there in awe and what they're capable of doing. Huh. And you're, it, it's, and then you start thinking, it's like, I got even more work from the amount of work that I'm already doing right. in order to be even sniffing what they are doing. Wow. It's some real life shit right there, man. It, it like, really is. And every, and every, I'm not saying this to degrade or dwindle on anybody's hopes. Like if you set your mind to something and you follow through with what you're doing, and you work for it, then you will be repaid. Hmm. I, 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 one of my morals that I live by is those who work are repaid in the end. Awesome. If I you love put that in the continue, if you put in co- the continuous work on a day to day basis, you will be repaid at the end of the day. And that's something I live by now. That's how I, something I live by throughout my baseball career. And that's something I will 
live by throughout until the day I die. If you, you can't expect things just to fall in your lap. I know, I know every, everybody has those. Everybody has that though. There's not a single person who is like, Oh, I don't expect anything to come to me. Eh, You, you do. I do. I know I do sometimes. I mean, I, I try to work my ass off every single day in order to be able to provide myself and be able to accomplish the goals that I want to accomplish. But right. I know it's not just going to happen. I know I have to put in the continuous work every single day. And that's a lot. And that's what the, the, the bad thing is with the, the kids that I've seen or looked at through social media, it's kind of like, Oh yeah. Like, I'll do this flashy type shit and you know, people are going to notice me. It's like, it, it doesn't work that way. Right. Um, you have to put in the continuous work day in and day out in order to reap the benefits it, there. And it kind of ties in with strength training. If you don't put in the work with strength training, how are you going to get stronger? Yeah. I mean, consistency is king, man. It you can't just drink king. your pro. You can't just drink your protein shake every day. And be like, oh, I'm gonna squat 400 pounds now. <laughs> right. I think that's how, the, does, how does that how does that thinking work? I don't know, man. A lot of people have their heads in the clouds when it comes to anything fitness, nutrition, mindset, or sport related. Man, I think that's you got to come down from the clouds and just you have to understand the work. It's like I don't know how we can get that message out everything in life takes work. And like you said, it's the fucking bomb that was dropped in this podcast. It's like consistency is king day in and day out. We got to search to be that 1% better. And it's like, if you're not doing that, man, like what the fuck are you doing? Like, what are you doing? You're doing nothing. You're doing, yeah, you're doing nothing. And that's the, that's the, that's the real shitty fucking reality of this whole thing is if you're not trying to be better each day by that 1% inside or outside the gym, you're fucking doing nothing. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell people like, oh, you're not doing nothing, dummy. Like, get off your ass. That's not how it is. Like, if you're cool with all that, then that's great. If you're happy doing that, doing the nine to five, I get it. It's fine. But if something is telling you to do more, then you need to fucking do more. And I think that's, right. you know, that's the big fucking idea here is just be better. Just do more, man. Just, just do a little bit more and then everything else will follow suit and you'll be better off for it. It's the name of the game. Yeah, it really is. But we're coming up to the top of the hour, Joe. I know you got to go house hunting and stuff like that. I just want to take a second and have you drop um, all your, your website or email or anything like that you got going on and so people can follow you and check out some of the S&C stuff that you're posting up pretty much every single day. Yeah. So right now I'm, ma- I'm mainly going through Instagram. I, I can't handle more than one social media platform. It's <laughs> Uh, it, hey, I, I can't make sure oh, I got to post on Instagram. I got to post on Twitter. I got to post on Facebook. It's like, no, I, I'm just going to focus on one thing. But so Instagram handle is all lowercase kinetic underscore S and C. Okay. That's the Instagram. And then my email is all lowercase kinetic S and C at gmail.com. And through this strength and conditioning, um, platform or business, whatever you want to call it. It's strictly, strictly 
um, geared towards the baseball athlete. And the reason is being because that's the sport I know, that's the knowledge I know, and um, I'm not going to go outside of my scope of practice. I'm not going to – do I have ideas on how to train other athletes? Yes. But I don't truly know. I know what what baseball players need. I know what pitchers need. I especially know what pitchers need. Um, And that's what I know, and that's what I preach. Um, And I'm looking to take on athletes for the fall season. Um, I actually got something in the works of possibly opening up my own facility within a baseball complex. Yes. Um, That's in the works right now. Um, There's a lot of other little tiny details that need to be taken care of, but that's the step we're kind of going for. Um, But if you have any questions within baseball training or strength training in general, shoot the DMs, man, because talking like this is – so what really gets me excited. Yeah, man, for sure. I mean, as soon as, soon as you said, as soon as I saw it, hey, we're going to do a podcast, I'm like, <laughs> let's go. I've been <laughs> waiting to talk to somebody about strength training. Hell yeah. About, especially about like this instructor course I went through. Like I, I want to share my knowledge because through my development within a baseball player, like I, it was all on my own. And this is my way of repaying the quote-unquote baseball gods who have blessed me with the opportunities that I have been able to have within my baseball career. That's awesome, man. And I I want to target those kids who are kind of left in the dark, kind of like how I was, right? kind of left on their own to fend for themselves, who have aspirations of playing in the highest level possible and I'm that helping hand to reach you out. I love it, man. Thank you so much, dude, for being on the show. Guys, I'll have all oh, of Joey, all of Joey stuff in the, in the show notes down low. You guys can get a hold of him through there. Or like he just said, hop on Instagram. I know that he's very active on Instagram and he'll hit you back in the DMS as well. Anything to do with baseball. I love that you came out and you said, you're going to stay within your scope of practice. I just want to cheers you right now for that because we have a lot of idiots out there who are doing every single thing and uh, or believe that they can touch base on every single thing when actually they have no training, no education in other things of nutrition, fitness, and a mindset space. And it's really detrimental to an athlete or to a normal person, gen pop, whoever it may be. It can be really detrimental to their life and their health and can really take them out of the ball game and not even get them to where they want to be. So thank you so much for coming on and actually stating that fact at the end of the podcast, because that is very important. And that tells tales of who you are um, as a person today, man. So thank you so much for your time and energy. I really do appreciate it. Thank you for having me on, man. Dude, 100%, man. Until next time, community, peace out. See ya. Well, there you have it, community. Another amazing podcast with an amazing coach. Man, I can't believe the things that young kids like Joey's age at 24 years old are doing today. That's way far in advance from what I was when I was 24 years old. And it's just so awesome to look back and see what these kids are doing and what they're really capable of. And man, coaching is getting so amazing right now. There's just so many good coaches out there that are willing to help every single person that they come across. And Joey's no different, man. Like the last thing that we touched on and one of the major takeaways is he said he will always stay in his space and 
teach and coach and train what he knows because that's what he knows best. And I think that, man, does that tell tales of how awesome an amazing human being he is because a lot of coaches out there right now, they do everything under the sun and they're not qualified, certified, or educated enough to do it. And I think that's a huge thing. You have to understand the education and be certified and all those things to say that you put the time in, to say you put the time in so that people can trust you instead of you going outside of your scope and possibly really hurting someone that you're training or ending someone's sports career because your ego is too damn big to fit through the fucking door. So you guys, thank you so much for listening to this amazing podcast. You are the best community, the best and biggest worldwide community that we have been starting to see grow so much every single day. You guys, I am blessed to have you in my corner and I am so blessed to try to say the most meaningful things to you. And every single time I come to this podcast, I try to drop the most knowledge and have on the best guests that I possibly can so that you can have some amazing impact throughout your day and your lifestyle. So you guys, please do me a humongous favor. Hit subscribe on the podcast so you don't miss out on any episodes. And then please go over to YouTube and check out the YouTube channel as well and hit subscribe on that. I have a bunch of vlogs going up. My last vlog, number five, actually has an amazing chicken and potatoes recipe that I do a little voiceover and I show you exactly how I make it. It's a super healthy way to do like a, like a teriyaki or like a General Zao's chicken. Please check that out, guys. And like always, share it with a friend. And please take a screenshot of your favorite part and share it to your Instagram story so that I can show you some love right back. You guys, thank you so much for being part of this community. Without you, this podcast wouldn't be possible. Without you, I wouldn't be a coach. And without you, I probably wouldn't be here. So when I say you guys mean a lot to me, you truly, truly do mean a lot to me. Stay tuned for Coffee Talk on Sunday. It's going to be a really awesome conversation about what's kind of going on today in the world and what trainers are actually telling their basketball players and sports players to eat after they work out. It's going to be really good with my good friend, Tommy Clark. You guys stay tuned for that on Sunday. And then on Monday, you have me with Motivational Mondays. So until next time, guys, peace and love like always.